This is an Alert USA Threat Journal, Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, July 18th, 2020. This week in security news, the Trump administration continues to turn up the heat on China, delivering near-daily broadsides against the Chinese Communist Party. On Monday, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo delivered a strong statement on excessive Chinese maritime claims in the South China Sea. Quote, Beijing uses intimidation to undermine the sovereign rights of Southeast Asian coastal states in the South China Sea, bully them out of offshore resources, assert unilateral dominion, and replace international law with, quote, might makes right. Secretary Pompeo goes on to explicitly align the U.S. position with a 2016 International Permanent Court of Arbitration decision that flatly rejected China's sweeping nine-dash-line-based claims in the South China Sea. Quote, The world will not allow Beijing to treat the South China Sea as its maritime empire. China continues to militarize a body of water, turning rocks and low-tide elevations into habitable islands in an attempt to establish a massive, exclusive economic zone. The U.S. Navy continues freedom of navigation exercises to challenge these Chinese claims. Earlier this month, the U.S. sent two carrier strike groups along with B-52 bombers to the region for joint operations. On Tuesday, during a press conference in the White House Rose Garden, President Trump announced that he had signed into law the Hong Kong Autonomy Act. Passed overwhelmingly in both the House and Senate, the new law imposes sanctions on Chinese officials, businesses, and banks that help China restrict Hong Kong's autonomy. The move comes in response to China's passage of a new national security law that tightened Beijing's grip on Hong Kong by prohibiting what Beijing views as secessionist, subversive, or terrorist activities. Also on Tuesday, President Trump signed an executive order revoking the special trading status the U.S. provided Hong Kong since 1997 when it reverted to China's control under the promised one country, two systems principle. Quoting President Trump, Hong Kong will now be treated the same as mainland China. No special privileges, no special economic treatment, and no export of sensitive technologies. On Wednesday, during a speech at the Gerald Ford Presidential Museum in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Attorney General William Barr released new details on the Department of Justice's China initiative. Here is a portion of A.G. Barr's address. Note that this audio has been edited for brevity. I'm privileged to speak here today about what may prove to be the most important issue for our nation and the world in the 21st century, and that is the United States' response to the global ambitions of the Chinese Communist Party. The CCP rules with an iron fist over one of the great ancient civilizations of the world. It seeks to leverage the immense power, productivity, and ingenuity of the Chinese people to overthrow the rule-based international system and to make the world safe for dictatorship. How the United States responds to this challenge will have historic implications and will determine whether the United States and its liberal democratic allies will continue to shape their own destiny or whether the CCP and its autocratic tributaries will continue to will control the future. Several weeks ago, the National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien spoke about the CCP's ideology and global ambitions. He declared, and I agree, that The days of American passivity and naivete regarding the People's Republic of China are over. And last week, the FBI Director Chris Wray described how the CCP pursues its ambitions 
through the nefarious and even illegal conduct, including industrial espionage, theft, extortion, cyber attacks, and malign influence activities. In the coming days, you will hear from Secretary Mike Pompeo, who will sum up what is at stake for the United States and the free world. Now, Chris Ray told me that shortly after his speech last week, one of the leaders of the Chinese Communist Party pronounced that his speech was particularly disgusting. I told him that I was going to aim today to be despicable. <laughs> but I'll settle for especially disgusting. But, but no matter how the Chinese seek to characterize it, I do hope that my speech and, and Mike Pompeo's speech will encourage the American people to reevaluate their relationship with China so long as it continues to be ruled by the Chinese Communist Party. Deng Xiaoping, whose economic reform launched China's remarkable rise, had a famous motto, hide your strength, bide your time. That is precisely what China has done. China's economy has quietly grown from about 2% of the world's GDP in 1980 to nearly 20% today. And by some estimates based on purchasing power, the Chinese economy is already larger than ours. The general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, Xi Jinping, who has centralized power to a degree not seen since the dictatorship of Mao Zedong, now speaks openly of China moving closer to the center stage, building a socialism that is superior to capitalism, and replacing the American dream with the Chinese solution. China is no longer hiding its strength, nor biding its time. From the perspective of its communist rulers, China's time has arrived. The People's Republic of China is now engaged in an economic blitzkrieg, an aggressive, orchestrated, whole of government, indeed whole of society campaign to seize the commanding heights of the global economy and to surpass the United States as the world's preeminent technological superpower. A centerpiece of this effort is the Chinese Communist Party's Made in China 2025 initiative, a plan for PRC domination of high-tech industries like robotics, advanced information technology, aviation, uh, electric vehicles, and many other technologies. Backed by hundreds of billions of dollars in subsidies, this initiative poses a real threat to U.S. technological leadership. Despite World Trade Organization rules prohibiting quotas for domestic output, Made in China 2025 sets targets for domestic market share, sometimes as high as 70%, in core components and basic materials for industries, such as robotics and telecommunications. It is clear that the PRC seeks not merely to join the ranks of other advanced industrial economies, but to replace them altogether. Made in China 2025 is the latest iteration of the PRC's state-led mercantilist economic model. For American companies in the global marketplace, free and fair competition with China has long been a fantasy. To tilt the playing field to its advantage, China's communist government has perfected a wide array of predatory and often unlawful tactics, currency manipulation, 
tariffs, quotas, state-led strategic investment and acquisition, theft and forced transfer of intellectual property, state subsidies, dumping, cyber attacks, and industrial espionage. About 80% of all federal economic espionage prosecutions allege conduct undertaken for the benefit of the Chinese state. And about 60% of all trade secret theft cases have been connected to China. The PRC also seeks to dominate key trade routes and infrastructure in Eurasia, Africa, and the Pacific. In the South China Sea, for example, through which about one-third of the world's maritime trade passes, the PRC has asserted expansive and historically dubious claims to nearly the entire waterway, flouted the rulings of international courts, built artificial islands, and placed military outposts on them, and harassed its neighbors, ships, and fishing boats. As this administration's China strategy recognizes, the CCP's campaign to compel ideological conformity does not stop at China's borders. Rather, the CCP seeks to extend its influence around the world, including on American soil. All too often, for the sake of short-term profits, American companies have succumbed to that influence, even at the expense of freedom and openness in the United States. In the year 2000, when the United States normalized trade relations with China, President Clinton hailed the new century as one in which liberty will be spread by cell phone and cable modem. Instead, over the course of the next decade, American companies such as Cisco helped the Chinese communists build the Great Firewall of China, the world's most sophisticated system for internet surveillance and censorship. Over the years, corporations such as Google, Microsoft, Yahoo, and Apple have shown themselves all too willing to collaborate with the CCP. For example, Apple recently removed the news app Quartz from its app store in China after the Chinese government complained about the coverage of Hong Kong democracy protests. Apple also removed the apps for virtual private networks which had allowed users to circumvent the Great Firewall and eliminated pro-democracy songs from the Chinese music store. Meanwhile, the company announced that it would be transferring some of its iCloud data to servers in China, despite concerns that the move would give the Communist Party easier access to emails, text messages, and other user information stored in the iCloud. You can find more on these stories in the latest issue of the Threat Journal email newsletter. If you are not already a subscriber, simply visit ThreatJournal.com and sign up today. The publication is free and will remain that way. AlertUSA continues to monitor the overall domestic and international threat environment and will immediately notify service subscribers via SMS messages and email of new alerts, warnings and advisories, or any other factors which signal a change in the overall threat picture for American citizens as events warrant. As of the time of this report's preparation Friday evening, there were more than 3,600,000 COVID-19 cases reported in the U.S., as well as more than 139,000 deaths attributed to the virus. In addition, multiple states are reporting their highest averages of new cases since the pandemic began, 
and more importantly, hospitalizations as a result of the virus have been sharply rising. Despite the dramatic influence of politics on the pandemic response, as well as the botched effort of federal and state health authorities in testing and accurate case counting, the two-step and mixed messaging on the use of masks, the highly flawed rulemaking hampering the use of hydroxychloroquine and other drugs in the treatment of those infected with COVID-19, and so much more, Alert USA again encourages listeners to remain conscious of the need to be cautious, not only out of concern for your own well-being, but also that of others. There actually is a virus, it is still in circulation globally, it is still hospitalizing people globally, and it is still taking lives globally. Alert USA cautions listeners that the U.S. still faces significant threats from Iran and its proxies in this hemisphere. In addition, numerous Islamic State media groups continue their online propaganda campaigns threatening attacks, as well as their efforts to inspire individuals to carry out attacks on their own. As Alert USA subscribers are regularly reminded, transnational terrorist organizations, including the Islamic State and Al-Qaeda, continue to urge recruits and followers to adopt easy-to-use tools to target public places and events. Specific tactics have included the use of vehicle ramming, small arms, edged weapons, homemade explosives, and poisons or toxins. Some terrorist groups overseas are using battlefield experiences to pursue new technologies and tactics, such as unmanned aerial systems and chemical agents that could be used outside of conflict zones. Many of these technologies are readily available. Additionally, terrorists continue to target commercial aviation and air cargo, including with concealed explosives. As the U.S. and the world continue to reopen following the first round with the coronavirus, Alert USA again encourages caution and vigilance when out in public. Our adversaries are watching and may attempt to take advantage of the current circumstances involving civil unrest and the coronavirus to carry out attacks. In travel security news, listeners are also reminded that in addition to a U.S. government-issued worldwide caution, which warns of the continuing threat of terrorism, political violence, and criminal activity globally, the U.S. State Department maintains a global Level 4 do-not-travel health advisory, urging U.S. citizens to avoid all international travel. In addition, U.S. borders with Canada and Mexico will remain closed to all but essential traffic and trade shipments until at least August 21st. Amidst all of these warnings and travel restrictions, if you are still planning travel abroad, regardless of the destination, Alert USA strongly recommends checking out the U.S. State Department's travel website, as well as that of the CDC, for the latest safety, security, and health considerations. In addition to U.S. government travel guidance, Alert USA also recommends taking a few minutes to visit the equivalent websites of the Canadian, Australian, and British governments to see the travel guidance that those nations are providing to their citizens as threats, assessments, and travel restrictions can and do vary. This has been an Alert USA Threat Journal Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, July 18, 2020.